Gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. This is Southside Rabbi. We are back again, yeah, yeah, yeah. with more truth for your head top. Uh huh. And we are bringing faith to the city and culture to the conversation. Wow, thank you, Lord. And that's what we're trying to do here today. Yes, and standing or sitting, I should say, it's like he's standing though, because the, the, the kind of stature of the man that I'm about to talk about is when you're sitting next to him, you feel like he, he's standing. Wow. Because of just his sheer um, ability and his acumen. I mean, if you look up the word acumen in the Webster's Dictionary, Uh you will see a picture of Kevin Elijah Smooth and Groove Burgess sitting right there. Um, And so this man that I'm talking about, listen. Wow, 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 wow. When I heard that Ron DeSantis was thinking about canceling. Your next president, by the way. He very well may be the next yes. president, and you know, and the only person. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> Hold on, man. So, listen, when I heard that Ron DeSantis was thinking about uh, or he was pushing back against the AP African-American studies courses that they were trying to that they're running a pilot on here in the Florida schools, I was like. The only person that could be able to stop this, his pushback, is KB. Because this man took nothing but AP classes in high school, right? He said, who can we get? Graduated high school with a college degree. So listen, some of y'all barely graduated high school with a diploma. (laughs) Some of us was just struggling along. And if you live in Florida, just trying to pass the old FCAT. Yes. And this man right here graduated with a high school diploma and a college degree at the same time. Wow. Around what, 17, 18 years old? How old were you when you graduated? Seven. 14. So, um, <laughs> what I'm saying. <laughs> and I didn't have to take the FCAT, by God's grace. Exactly, because it's a testament to how brilliant he is. No, 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 it's not. But I will say this. Well, I mean, if you're going to college and high school, so you, you should like not the have to SATs take SATs and the ACTs, right? Yeah, you have a grade that's, you, you, it was high enough that you didn't have to take the FK. No, 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 no. Oh, yeah, well, I, I, it didn't apply to me because I wasn't in high school anymore. And because ah. I was living in Florida and had no, no plans on going to school out of state. Right. I, uh, but I had to take the ACT and the SAT. I just, right. I just was forced to take it. Right, right. I literally walked in. Well, let me give a bit of context. If you graduate high school with a college degree, uh-huh. it's automatic acceptance into any school in Florida. Right. That's so what I your, heard. So your grades don't so matter. It, it don't matter. Yeah, you, yeah you're, you're yeah. going anywhere you want. Bro, I so you could have went to Florida, Florida State, UCF, <laughs> FAMU, <laughs> Bethune-Cookman. I don't think you want to go to Bethune-Cookman now. <laughs> nah, um, nah. Uh, you I was going to FAMU. Um, if you would have went to FAMU, you would have lost your Christianity as soon as your five toes stepped on that campus, bro. As soon as your five toes hit the concrete, that Christianity would have left you <laughs> like a like a ghost in the in the in the, in the wind. Bro, you know what's crazy though? What? I knew that I did not have the, the strength, strength, right, as a new Christian to go to go to FAMU. I, I just knew it. Uh, but anyways, that was uh, how do we get into this? Because we were just talking about how. 
intelligent and brilliant no, and no, no, adept no, no. and no. how much full of, how full of how full of uh acumen you are how sagacious your mind wow. is Wowzers. Uh, okay and you're so done. you're done i mean you just chilled all of us up no i was just joking can no, i say but, something can no, i say go ahead. something real quick yeah go ahead i just want to say that i am honored to be sitting here next oh to, this man just i mean the dream i need to get to finish Hudson, i'm just gonna let him who's run with the wind reputation character and commitment precedes him everywhere he goes. Walking through <laughs> Southside St. Pete with Amin is like a caravan with the Pope at the center. Ooh. As he walks around, what? as he cruises around waving, what? giving people his godly, regal, presidential, cuffed wave no. and My signs of blessings. Let me tell you something. The hair that protrudes from this man's head is honored to be there. No. The glasses that rest on his face are gifted, <laughs> privileged and honored Yeah, to share space on this man's oh face. The beard gosh. that wraps around <laughs> the chin <laughs> wraps around. that utters the, the depths the of imagery, scripture. The imagery. <laughs> I just want to say this last thing, and I'm done, and we're uh -huh. going to get into this episode. We, don't, okay. we can't do this all day, but there's stuff I know, to talk I know. about. We, we, have to, we have to talk about some Any things. man, any fool, <laughs> and, and I don't even need to say fool, just the world's brilliant minds. Oh any brilliant mind in this world, because it's a spectrum, brother. Yeah. Whether you are a fool or the brightest of the bright, uh -huh. you can be on the spectrum. Right. I mean, is off the spectrum, though. Uh, I, yeah. He's in his own lane. I'm but any fool or... Uh -huh. Brilliant mind can take an apple, cut it open, and count how many seeds are in the apple. <laughs> but only I mean the dream meme machine Hudson can take a seed and tell you how many apple trees will come from that seed. Oh this is the level of depth that this man has into the unknown. And I am in awe as I sit here being able to feebly say with my hat in hand that he is my friend. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, make some noise for I mean the dream. Thank you. All right, what are we talking about, baby? First I think, of all, I think the W went in my category today. I think you are right. We're losing sight of what this was for. <laughs> right. One of the things uh, that I have to mention is um, KB. <laughs> Why? Is like I always said if Bad Boys was a real life thing, KB would be Mike Lowry. Mike Lowry is Will Boys. Smith. Oh, oh okay, gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm short old Martin Lawrence. No, I'm just Shut joking. Your mouth. I'm just joking. But I tell you one thing I have learned. What's up? From Will Smith. What? Is that in this life, bro, you pay your taxes, <laughs> you love your wife. And you keep <laughs> Jada Pinkett's name out <laughs> your mouth. mouth. All right, I'm okay, trying to okay, tell you, stop. man. I just one thing I had, but no, Will Smith is uh, is is still, you know, despite what happened. Sure, sure. You know, I I think that Will Smith is very apologetic. You know sure, what I'm saying? Sure, and sure. I, and I and I think that um he really feels bad sure. for what he did. Sure. Um and I do think that what happened is a uh, it, it's unfortunate, but it's a stain. 
on Will Smith's career that I think will always be there, sure. especially like how it happened, when it, sure. where it happened, yeah, who he did it to, yeah, and then who he did it to, yeah. you know what I'm saying, um, brother? What but, are we here to talk about today? Um, we are here to talk about. Unfortunately, yeah. um, there has been another death that has happened um, by the hands of police. Yes, um, to a unarmed black man. Um, in the streets and, and as we see now um, This has gone pretty viral um, And I'm talking about The 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 death of Tyree Nichols Yeah um, He was a 29 year old man He died on January 10th 2023 Yeah um, And he died three days After being um, Arrested <clears throat> And assaulted by Five Memphis police officers Yep um, And If you haven't heard um about what has happened i would be surprised because it's been all over the news all over social media um and you know uh there's 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 now body camera footage that has been released yes did you watch um, the video i did okay and uh I couldn't bring myself to do it i yeah i think that i do not recommend anyone watch it if they don't if they can't you know what i'm saying um i do think that there has just been too much videos man of us seeing people being Essentially murdered by police officers. Sure. Um, but uh, in the case of Tyree Nichols, it was just really bad because they beat him to death. Mm. Literally. Uh, it was five police officers. Um, they say that he was originally pulled over for reckless driving. Um, and he got in a confrontation with the officers. I, I think that he ran from the officers. Yeah. The, the reports about like why he got pulled over and what happened is a little... Uh, murky murky it's very murky okay um and uh but they're saying that it was it was for reckless driving he ended up running from the officers but then the officers actually came in contact with him again okay and they got into a second confrontation with him this is the same this is the same night gotcha um and uh in this confrontation is when the beating happened gotcha right and if you watch the camera the body camera footage they're basically telling him to put his hands behind his back um, and they're they're beating him really bad. Um, one video that was the surveillance video, I think, of a business or some kind of something. I don't know if it was a business or a residence or something that was across the street. Uh, had a much more clear picture of the beating that took place, and it was bad. I mean, to a point that the officers really stood him up, and they held his hands behind his back, and they just took turns punching him they stood in the him face. Up and did that. Yeah, he was standing up, and his hands was behind his back. I did read a report um, that in the midst of that, he too called out for his mother. He did. He called out because his mother was, um, his mother's house, I think they said was about 100 yards or something gotcha, away gotcha, from where, gotcha. where this was happening. So he was calling out for his mother. Ah, okay, got you. Um, they were, I mean, they just beat him bad. And then after he got beat, of course, they like sat him up against the police car. He was on the ground and they kind of, you know, sat him up against the car. Um, and he was in just so much... He was beat so bad that he fell over. Um, and they were trying to keep sitting him back up. But when the EMTs arrived, they did not render him any aid, man, for a very long time. The police were not concerned with giving him any aid. The EMTs were not being were not concerned with giving him any aid. He ended up going to the hospital, fell into a coma, died three days later. Um, and I think they said he died of, I think our producer even said like kidney failure. And I saw that the medical examiner was saying, but it was all due to him being beat, of course. Wow. Um, and so all five officers have been charged uh, with two counts of official misconduct, one count of official oppression, uh, one count of second degree murder, one count of aggravated assault, and two counts 
of aggravated kidnapping. And the reason they said that it was kidnapping um, is because the district attorney looks at kidnapping as um, uh, any holding any person against their will, um, which interferes with their liberty. Yeah. And they said that it's their contention that whatever the legality of the initial stop, there were, at a certain point, uh, Tyree Nichols was unlawfully detained by the police officers. Wow. And it's aggravated kidnapping under the law because it resulted in bodily injury um, and also because the persons involved um, in the forcible detention uh, that was unlawful also possessed weapons at the time. Wow. So that, that's kind of how they look at it, like a kidnapping. Um, a kidnapping charge. Um, the, all the police officers made bond on January 27th. Um, and funny part about it is one of the officers, uh, Demetrius Haley, had already been accused for beating an inmate um, at a penal farm. That inmate claimed that Haley and another officer strip searched him and then beat him until he was unconscious. Oh my. Um, that lawsuit got dropped later on. And so that's what's happening. Now, the, the, another thing is that these officers were all a part of this unit um, that they called the Scorpion Unit. Okay, um, that and it was very familiar. That sounds very similar to the LA County policing. It might be because because it was it was um, it was the Scorpion Unit, and they said that the unit was basically like a special unit that got put together to kind of crack down on um, a lot of violent crime that was happening in the in the Memphis area. Yeah, um, but. Uh, a lot of folks, from what I understood, there's been like a lot of um, controversy about the Scorpion Unit because a lot of folks feel like the Scorpion Unit conducted themselves as more like a wolf pack, like as a gang, more than as like these police officers. Sure. And they were supposed to be on these... So the Scorpion Unit, they, they don't really pull people over for traffic stops and stuff like that. So that's why they're wondering why were they pulling Tyree Nichols the over. The Scorpion Unit was a title given to these cops by the department or how they referred to themselves yeah no it was it was given it was by the department got you got right you. so, okay, so, so that, that's different from yeah it wasn't like yeah. their own kind of rogue unit um and so got but you. the scorpion unit it stood for uh street crimes operations to restore peace in our neighborhood got you got you that's what it stood for they launched it in late 2021 um, as a, it was a 50-person, seven-day-a-week team dedicated to fighting violent crime with officers focusing on weapons, auto thefts, and gangs. Yeah. Um, and uh, putting the, they, they call them crime suppression officers, putting them like in hot spot areas. So I, like areas that are high on crime. Right. Um, and said they, they did not really respond to dispatcher calls. They were more targeting certain area, sure. areas that were flooded with like crime. Um, like violent crime, and they were working on they, the unit was basically supposed to suppress the crime mainly by visibility, like mainly by them just being visible, their presence, yeah, their presence, and them being in the area. Now, um, th that's why. So now, why the Scorpion unit was involved in stopping Nichols is a mystery sure. to a lot of people because they were like, the Scorpion unit doesn't really do that. Sure. Um, and so they're still trying to figure that out now. Um, there were some other Memphis residents that actually reported having run-ins with the unit, the Scorpion unit. And there was one black male who said that he was a subject of excessive force by the officers. And that was just days before the Nichols situation. Huh. Um, the Memphis resident, his name was Cornell Walker. He told the Los Angeles Times that he was actually accosted at gunpoint by the Scorpion officers. Wow. Um, including one officer that was involved in Nichols' arrest during the time, yeah. right? Um, and so the the reasons that they have um criticizing they've criticized the unit is because they said, man, they they moved in unmarked cars, yeah. right? 
they blended into the neighborhood so they didn't look like officers. They would they would be in these unmarked cars bumping loud rap music. Oh. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. With hoodies on. Sure. You know, so they look like kind of like regular guys, like regular street dudes. Right. But they were these scorpion officers. Um, and it seems like they the, they was moving like a gang. That's what it feels like. Yeah. Um, and so now, since this has happened, the Memphis PD has disbanded that scorpion unit. It Got doesn't you. exist anymore. Yes. So um, the big, one of the big controversies around this, though, um, is that all five officers that did this were also black. Yeah. Right? Yep. And so, the you know... Sadly, what I have been seeing um, from some of my white neighbors is they have been kind of using this as a gotcha to the whole black folks talking about police brutality against black folks by white officers or white supremacy permeating through, you know, um, the 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 kind of institution of policing in sure. America. And I've just seen a lot of like, these officers were black. So right, right, see, right, this, right. Is, this was never about race. Right, right, this right. This whole police brutality thing, uh, it was never about race because these officers are black. So what do y'all got to say about that? Sure, right? sure, sure. I've seen a lot of those kind of arguments and I kind of think that, I think it's a shame that folks are trying to, they saw that this man got killed by these officers and then thought that this was the time to use him sure, as sure. an apologetic against the idea that, uh, there's racism, institutional racism when it comes to policing black people. Sure. Um, and so, uh, but here we are, right? Sure, sure. Let's just zoom out for a second. Mm -hmm. Before we even get to the content of what's, what's being said. Right. You know, Meansy and I, we try to practice disciplines in our thinking, in our lives, in our households that stop us from going places that we feel drawn by merit of just being human. Right. For example, human beings like simple answers. Mm -hmm. I, I often find that if something wild is happening, if I can at least get a title, some kind of explanation... Yeah. Uh, that I can put two and two together, right. that you can alleviate my cognitive dissonance. If you can get rid of, of that for me, I feel better about the situation. I right. feel like I have, here's the word, control. Yeah. Humans like feeling the myth of control. Yeah. We want to feel like we have a lid on things. Right. When you do not. Right. But one of the ways in which we feel like we have a lid on things is that we can give an explanation for it. Exactly. What we find in this world, though, is that the, the, the multi-layered, nuanced, ultra-complex uh, creative act that flows from the living God who set all this up is actually reflected in day-to-day -day life. Right. That things are not as simple as they seem. Mm -hmm. That there is, I, we see this all the time with studies, right? And if you you can have somebody do, pull all this research and bring it bring it to the table, and then land on a set of assumptions, right? To have all those assumptions toppled over just a a, a, a few weeks later or a few years later, because the the tool used to gather the research was imploring a, a question that was hard to understand. So people, you were getting right. a certain answer because you were asking a, mis, a, mis, a, uh, a uh, 
confusing question. Right. So you were getting a certain answer because you were asking a confusing question. Right, right, right. We see that happen uh, more times than we can mention. So yeah. we see that happening all the time. Right. So the idea that things are simple or that we've been given a, a set of explanations that have stood the test of time over, you know, what, 60 years? Mm -hmm. Because this argument that Jason Whitlock is making is the same argument that was made in the late 60s and early 70s. Right. The idea that everything that is happening within these communities has nothing to do with our contribution. It has nothing to do, it has nothing to do with how the, the government might be involved in their lives unless they are helping them to get uh -huh. free stuff. Uh-huh. Uh, but it has nothing to do with the structures that the government put in place. It has nothing, nothing to do with the opportunities that they might be afforded or the education system that they have access to. Uh, it has nothing to do with the complexities. That is way too complicated for us. What it is simple, what is simple, and how we simply understand things, uh -huh. is that if folks had better families... None of this would happen. That is the that is that predilection inside of you that wants to boil things down to easy, digestible, simple aphorisms and comments. Right. That refuses to do the hard work, which I would argue is love, mm -hmm. to actually understand what's going on that we might apply a redemptive path forward. Right. Because right. that is work. Right. In some ways, it's lazy thinking. Yeah. It's lazy thinking. Right. When we can simply band-aid, spray on, uh, rehashed, age-old adages that have been disproven. Right. And use them as a foundation by which you help people understand what is going on right, here. Right, 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 right. The fact that someone can say, that the issue of single motherhood, or we'll say the challenge of single motherhood, uh -huh. is directly connected to why Tyree Nichols is dead is asinine, bro. Yeah, it's preposterous. It's preposterous. And for those who lean conservative, mm -hmm. uh, it's also against your conservative philosophy of personal responsibility <laughs> and personal agency. Yeah. That the whole idea is we are our own. We strap our, uh, we pull ourselves up by our own right. bootstraps. Right. Nobody has agency over us except us. We are hyper individuals. Right. Right. And that's not, uh, uh, this is not me on the outside speaking in. Right. I'm on the inside speaking up. Right. Because I understand what it is to think that way. Yeah. I would identify myself, if we're talking politically, yeah. as a black conscious conservative. Right. I understand your, your rationale. Right. I also think it flies in the face of how folks from our camp think about how racism works in the world. Mm -hmm. Racism is individuals intentionally doing harm on the basis of race. Right. It's individual, it's personal, and it's always man-to-man. -man. It's never system to people. It's person-to-person. -person. Right. You basically, basically just said that the system uh, around the police department 
is oppressing black people on the ground because the officers themselves are victims to the system being create that's been created by the single black mother. Right. This has nothing to do with how you think about how racism works. Right. Or right. how family values work. Right. You see, this is something that's actually systemic. Right. It's wrong, but it flies in the face of your very arguments. Yeah. I'm just trying to say, I mean, is that something that we can learn from the life of Jesus uh -huh. and how he reacts to the death of Lazarus in Luke 16. Right. Is that Jesus in full, bro, knows all the details of what's going on, uh, how bad it is, what the outcome is going to be, which is a good one. Right. Right? He, he knows. <laughs> right. That he's going to show up to Bethany uh -huh. and pull a dead man, who happens to be one of his good friends, right. out of the grave. Yeah, yeah. He knows. Uh-huh. Yet when Jesus gets word of Lazarus' death, he cries. Mm -hmm. He weeps. Yeah. That the suffering of Mary and, and Martha, who watched their brother disintegrate into the grave, mm -hmm. knowing that they are good friends with the man who can bring death to life, to see the, to have in your mind, even for a moment, that if Jesus was here, none of this would have happened. It feels like, you know, uh, this is a bad example, but this, this is what comes to mind. It's mm -hmm. like getting the winning lottery ticket in your hand to just, on your way to cash it, lose it on the Ooh, freeway. yeah. Jesus, if you were this close, yeah, none of this would have happened. None of this would have happened. Jesus interacting with the suffering of his friends yeah. moves his heart, even though he knows that the answer is resurrection. Right. And resurrection is sure. Right. Shows us that what I learned from that, what I think can be applied to this situation, is that those of us who can't first feel the weight of the suffering here. My man is still at the morgue. He's not even in the ground yet. But before one can really begin to parse how we ought to think through this, have you had a time to sit with the humanity of the situation? Mm -hmm. If you haven't wept, is your heart postured like weeping as you think about what is going on in this situation. I think that Jesus gives us a beautiful picture of one who is stepping into a situation where people are looking for answers right. and having answers that right. are actually accurate. Right, 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 right. But still taking a moment to sit with the grief of the situation, yeah. to connect with, to kiss the humanity, bro. Right. And I, one of the things before I even... Before we begin to peel back this conversation, is that it's important for us to not become so, I hate to say it this way, but suffering pornographied. Because this is what pornography does to people. Yeah. What it does is it makes you, it, desens it desensitizes you. Yeah. And, and it, it begins to, I actually... It's it's what uh, Matthew McCullough would say in the book. Uh, what Matthew McCullough would say in the book "Remember Death: The right. Pornification of Death." 
Yes. Okay. So um, maybe that's where I got that idea uh-huh. from. Uh huh. It is the pornification of death. Yeah. Because you're watching it as a a passive observer. Yeah. It is very sanitized on your phone, bro. Right. You're, you're, and, you're, and now death has become more voyeuristic with exactly. the body cams, with that. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. Absolutely. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. That's doing things to you. Right. It is, man. I remember when the earthquake hit Haiti, John Piper tweeted um, uh, in reaction to it. Uh-huh. He says, I'm sitting at my computer looking at pictures of the devastation in Haiti, crying my eyes out. Yeah. In the chain of events of understanding any sorrow needs to be the kissing of humanity. Mm-hmm. I'll say this too, my guy. And we got to be aware of how pornographied we are with suffering. Right. That we become the sin. It doesn't, it bounces, bounces off of us. It does, yep. In fact, it feels like in my own life, it often doesn't, I don't even wake up to it until I'm at the funeral. Yep. Then I'm like, oh, wow. Right. This is for real. And my name is written all over this because this is going to happen to me. It is coming. Yep. That's human, earthly um, experience is necessary for any conversation around answers. Mm -hmm. Because without the light of our hearts connecting in empathy, compassion, and sorrow, and lament, without that being the guide, I'm not talking about, because I know what folks will say, so Uh you want us to be emotional. Brother... There is a big difference from... So if you are a overly emotional person... Yeah. In that... Because typically what people mean by that is someone that's controlled by their emotions. Yeah, you don't have any control over That is a character deficiency. Right. If you are emotive, though... Right. If you feel... Yeah. That is a godly character yeah. attribute. Orthopathos. Yes. Yeah. We, we serve a God who feels... Right. Think of the logic of Jesus in Luke 16. Mm -hmm. You know that this isn't, what are you crying about? Yeah. I feel that with my my own child, bro. Like, Mm. I I feel that with 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 one of my my babies. Like, even if I know that daddy can solve the issue, the fact that you're hurting bothers me. And what Uh. I'm saying that at a base level, are you moved by people's hurt? Dear Christian, Dear brother, dear sister, if your heart is calcified, mm-hmm. where you, 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 you don't feel anymore, right. unless it's close to home. Right. I have heard people, I'm not going to say his name. I'm trying to say people's names less. Yeah. I heard one popular uh, thinker who is beloved by a lot of Christians say that he doesn't care about anybody else except his wife and his children. He said, I don't care what happens to you. Oh, wow. We think that... That's not godly. This gentleman, though, makes great arguments for things that we care about. But we think that we are safe to blow past the demonic arguments of godless self-service. Right. We think we're good to ignore the arguments that those people make because they give us good arguments about other stuff. About other stuff. Right, right, right. About right. gender issues. Right. Or abortion. Right. Or or uh or marriage or whatever it may be. Right, right. But you have to know that the danger that you 
Brothers and sisters, there is a danger to the heart that has lost feeling. Yeah. It is dangerous. And what I'm saying is, oftentimes when I, when I hear people engage these conversations, they start from non-feeling. Right. And then they basically think, think of this as a series of thoughts and arguments. I, it just feels, yeah, it feels disconnected, like- high-browed. Uh-huh. And carnal, bro. Yeah. It feels like we're reducing just the... We're reducing one's life and tragic death down to syllogisms and, you know what I mean? Just like arguments to make a point about either a cultural point or a political point. Yeah. Or, you know, like it could could feel that way. That that is the first knee-jerk reaction. Yes. That's That's why I started off by saying some people's first knee-jerk reaction is, See? The officers were black. Yeah. Like, really? Yeah. That's what you look at this and you get? Oh, well, I mean, yeah, of course it was tragic, but. Yeah. Oh, so the political point that you're trying to make is more important than the fact that this young man yeah. lost his life for no reason. Yeah. In a very brutal way. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and. Yeah, you don't see, if, if you don't, I, I'm not, and this isn't a, this isn't a racial thing. This yeah. is a. This is a hu- this part is, yeah, a, this human is a human thing. thing, right? If you don't see your son, your brother, your father, your uncle, your 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 the, the dude that discipled you, if your, you yeah, your cannot yeah. see a reflection of your image in that person, there is no hope you'll ever see God's image in that person. <sighs> it is what it is, bro. What are we talking about? Say that. You 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 see them as this otherized entity that you can use for your arguments. Right. And it shows what you love is your art. You love your arguments. Mm. You don't love people. You love your points. Yeah. That's the problem. <sighs> and, and what I'm saying is, oftentimes what you'll hear from, from uh, communities that we hail from is people who are on a spectrum mm-hmm. of feel. A feeling. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and that feeling can go into burning stuff down. That feeling can go into uh, practical solutions and in, 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 uh, uh, reform. Mm-hmm. But the conversation's a lot different, though. Mm-hmm. When you're factoring in your very life into the face of that unarmed dead person on the ground. You, you're, you're fact, my, my wife is factoring in me. She sees my right, face. She sees right. KBJ, Keanu. You don't need to be black to do that. You just need to be serious about the image of God and loving people. True. That's it. True. And I feel, I just want, you know, as we move deeper, if we, as we push deeper into this conversation, I want our people to know, our, our tribe, if you follow Southside Rabbi, mm-hmm. uh, God forbid, and uh, I'm sorry, it's kind of a superstitious uh, mm-hmm. phrase to say, um, but I'll say it like this. We pray that God will put a stop to this kind of thing now. Right. Not We, we, we know it's going to be in the kingdom, none of this will happen. But we want to see heaven come down now in, our poli- in, in, in the policing practices, how we treat people, all that jazz. But bro, show up to the conversation with your compassion in hand and don't show up at all. Right. Don't show up at all. Right. You're just doing damage. Yeah. This, this, is, this is argument tennis. Anyways, 
Argument with, tennis. With that being said, mm-hmm. um, I think we flavor the yeah. conversation with a heart for righteousness right. when it's being led by empathy. Right. The conversation is happening, though, I mean. Yeah, yeah. As you mentioned. Mm-hmm. It's, I saw that on Twitter too. I yeah. saw that the, the the biggest concern for a lot of folks is was the race of the officers. The race of the officers. Yeah, 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 yeah. And 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 I think um, and I think that that is a shame. It is a shame when the race of the officers is the biggest concern. Yes. When you know over the person who has died, I think that it's a shame. But it it it, it does speak so much to where our culture is. Sure. It speaks to the fact that we are in such a culture war over racial issues. That when stuff like this happens, you know, the first thing is to think about, oh, how can I either prove my racial point or disprove someone else's, you know, racial point? Right. Um, but as you said, the conversation yeah. is happening. Yes, right? yeah, for sure. Um, and I think that... What uh, is the folly in yeah. shame? Uh-huh. Let's paint the picture yeah. of, of, of the fighters. Right. <laughs> yeah. um, black people... Mm-hmm. Uh, have been talking about racism in uh, the police department for a long time. I mean, since the, since the inception, since the inception of the police department, yeah, they've been like since guys, they were slave catchers, and then when yes. it moved into them getting squad car going on horses, sure, then moved to buggies, yes, then moved to squad cars, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. There's been a lot of conversation, puppies, yes, <laughs> mongooses. <laughs> Probably moving to electric scooters soon. Soon, yes. You know, segways, segways. Um, yeah, that's why I said huffies. So, uh, so black people keep talking about this. Yeah. And uh, Dr. John Perkins, uh-huh. he wrote this book about reconciliation and um, his earliest memory of hating white people, mm-hmm. um, hating police officers, right, uh, was overseeing his unarmed brother get shot dead in the South. Um, Outside of a convenience store, I believe that's how the story goes. Yeah, um, the Lord actually used that hatred in His heart um, as basically basically the springboard to biblical reconciliation, peace, love, forgiveness, that kind of thing. Yeah, but it's a, it's a witness for a lot of folks too. They right. have, I think I've said on this show before, in all my my interactions with police personally, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I would say about seventy percent of them have been negative. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not sure where y'all percentage is, but that's that, that's basically where mine has been. Yeah, uh, and I've been too grateful when they've been positive. Yeah, right. I leave feeling as though I was a I normal found citizen. that I was like Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory, and, and I pulled the golden, golden ticket, ticket out your back pocket. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> Got it. Uh, yes. Yes. Um, people keep complaining about this, mm-hmm. right? Darren Wilson, uh, Derek Chauvin. Uh huh. Um, yeah, it seems to fit the narrative, right? That there is a race issue in the in police in modern day policing. That there is a bias there that exacts itself uh-huh. on uh, minority citizens, right? Um, when the officer is not white, mm-hmm. uh, it feels like the narrative isn't as neat, uh huh. How do you respond to that, I mean? So I understand. I, in, in, in my mind, I'm thinking, I, I'm struggling to make the connection of why the fact that the officers were black matters at all. Yeah, I think... But, yeah. 
does it matter when the officer is white? Because right. that's the argument. The argument that they're making is it matters a lot when the officer is white. Does it also matter when the officer is not white? I think it does. Okay. Um, and I think that they would say, well, this is an argument that can't be defeated because you're saying if a black officer punishes a black person as white supremacy, if a white officer punishes a black person as white supremacy, what do we, I mean, yeah. and I think that that, I think that it's because folks misunderstand what is being said. Sure. Is that the framework what, is jacked yeah, up. Yeah, the framework is jacked up. I think that what, if you continue to see racism as just interpersonal individual yes, actions, yes, yes. then this makes no sense. Right. But if you see racism not as just interpersonal interactions, but the interpersonal interactions that do happen in racism comes from a broader system sure. of racism, sure. then it makes sense. Right. And so I think that what folks are saying is that the policing institution, the institution of policing yes. is inherently an institution that has always from its inception been filled with a preference for seeing white folks as less violent and less criminal than it sees black folks. Sure. And I think that that's true. That's what I personally believe. Even when you think about the inception of the policing for the police force, yeah, and all of the all of the all of the eras that policing has gone through, sure, black folks have always been seen as more brutal, criminal, violent, and a threat, sure, more dangerous, sure, right, yeah. That does not mean that white folks don't get some of that treatment as well, sure, because it is a system full of broken people, sure. But I I think that um. I you're going to see more of that exactly. More of that, yeah. I think that you're going to have people that would say, well, this, this, the, the statistics show that white people get more police brutality sure, than black people. Sure. And I would say, well, I mean, white people are more, they're a much larger percentage of the, the, pop, the, the community sure. than black folks. But I think that if we, if we looked at it as this percentage piece. In proportion. In proportion to yeah. the percentage, we get it more. Sure. In fact, what you see is that white people do have kind of like, you know, uh, the, the numbers and the data for police brutality of white folks is only a bit higher than it is for black folks. That's with white people being 64 to 65 percent of the it population and us being 13 percent of the population. Sure, it sure. should be way higher. Sure, sure. Right. Yeah. So it's so. Um, so I think that when you look at that, you're like, OK, we're, we're really getting the most of it. Right. Yes. Go ahead. Folks would say, mm -hmm. well, the reason that is. Uh huh that black people only make up 13% of the population but are on paper mm -hmm. responsible for... Yeah. Uh, fit, more of the crime. More, more, more crime. Right, 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 yeah. Is because black people commit more crimes. Right. How do you respond to that? Well, I usually, when somebody says that to me, I say, touche, why do they commit more crimes? Okay. And I always, I feel like that always kind of reveals what they actually believe about black people. Sure, sure. Because sure. I, would, I, I would say, okay... Touche, you're right. Why? Uh-huh. Why do you believe they commit more crimes? Oh, you know. Well, because they're living in, in Oh, because they're motherless. In, 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 I mean, they're fatherless. Their father's gone. They're, why yeah, is their you know father gone? Yeah, why, you know what I'm saying? Or I talk about that. Or, yes. you know, and, and what I always say is it does not surprise me because if you look at data anywhere, the the most crime in almost every state you can look at in America and in every country. Sure. Crime is always highest where there's the most concentrated poverty. Sure. And in America, the most concentrated poverty is in black neighborhoods. And mm -hmm. now you have to ask yourself, why is that the case? Yeah, 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 for in sure. All, in, in every, almost every state in the nation, 
all of the poorer neighborhoods are predominantly black. Sure. And that's where you see the crime. Sure. There's always going to be larger crime in neighborhoods that are under-resourced. Right. Because there's people there that are trying to survive. And usually when you are living at the bottom of a barrel, it could turn you into, you could start doing things that you, that are illegal in order to get money. Sure, Right? Sure. And there's usually, when you're in neighborhoods that are poor and under-resourced, there's 80 bad decisions to two great ones. Yeah, not a lot sure. of opportunity there. Right. Not a lot of economy there. Right, right, right. Not right. A, not, not, you know what I mean? Right. And so, barring some circumstances that, you know, can help you get out of get out of that, yeah. um, there's not really a lot of opportunity for you to do something with yourself uh, that would make you as successful as one may be in neighborhoods that are not under-resourced, that have much more opportunity. Yeah, better education. Um, better education, Better food. Right, Yeah. Better food, better education. Yeah. I mean, folks don't even, even think about what it I means mean, to live you, in a food desert. You're not even if you literally. There's so many things that you can take, but even if you just study the educational piece, you will sure. see that it's not even close sure. to folks in these poor, under-resourced areas getting the kind of opportunity that people in uh, other well-resourced areas have when it comes to education. Yes. and we all know education is a big, big, big part of you know. Who you become is a, a big predictor. part of your success. Yes, yeah, it's, so an it's, it's a predictor and an indicator. Yeah. And I and so um, I think we have that. And then of course you get the 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 fatherless argument, which a lot of the times you know again, there's data that shows that black fathers are actually just as involved or more involved as white fathers are. Yeah. Uh, a lot of that fatherless argument comes from like a father not being married to the mother at the time of the birth. Yeah. And they and that kind of they they kind of take that data from these birth certificates to say that these black babies are fatherless. Right. That's not necessarily true. Sure. Um uh they may not be married, but it doesn't mean that their father is not involved in their life. That's sure. number one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um but number two, to 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 I think that there are some benefits of having the father in the home. The data clearly shows yes, that. Yes, a lot. Um, there's, yeah, there's there's a lot of benefits, but to, to dwindle down black communities being full of violence simply because fathers are not there sure. is uh, is to... Um, is to be very reductionistic sure. and make the and, and to oversimplify the actual problem. Right. It is not just due to fatherlessness. Sure. But when I think about this um, particular uh, uh, situation with uh, uh, Brother Tyree Nichols, I don't think that what matters is the race of the officer more than the race of the actual person. Okay. Um, and what I would say is because policing, I believe, is it has a systemic and institutional problem when it comes to the way that black people are policed and are seen. Yeah. Um, I believe that it does not matter that you are black and you are a police officer, you can still be subjected to the same kind of ideas, ideologies, uh, uh, and, and, and systemic norms of the system that you are part of. Yeah. So for instance, I'll say this. I met a brother probably about 10 plus years ago at my church who was a black police officer in Southside St. Pete where me and you grew up. Yes. I never forget this brother came up to me after service and he said to me, I cannot believe that you and KB are from South St. Pete. I think that that is so awesome. And I was like, oh yeah, praise God, man. We love where we're from. You know what I'm saying? And we were talking about that. He said, you know, I'm a police officer in South St. Pete. And I was like, oh snap, I didn't know that. Yeah. He was like, yeah, I, I'm a police officer in Pinellas County and my beat is the south side of St. Petersburg. Yeah. And he said, God convicted me when I found out that y'all were both from south side St. Pete. And I was like, how? And he said, because you know, like in the scriptures, what 
folks were saying about where Jesus was from. How could anything good come from Nazareth? He said, I used to ride around patrolling South St. Pete and I would literally say the same thing. How could anything good come from this place? Wow. Until I, he said, and and the and the fact that I found out that UNKB are from South St. Pete, it gives me hope that that God is actually doing stuff something there, and that there is good that could come from there. Let me ask you a question, y'all, awesome. y'all who are hearing this: yeah. What do you think that this black police officer riding around South St. Pete, telling himself? What good can come from this place? How do you think that affects the way that he polices the community? Yeah, how we interact. Yeah. How do you think that that affects the way that he polices the community? How do you think that that affects the way that who he decides to stop? Yes. How he decides to treat the person that he stops? How he decides to, to, to handle the calls that he's going on for domestic violence? Or uh, maybe a teenage, some teenagers that may be loitering? Or somebody that's smoking weed? How do you think that that kind of mindset towards the community that he is policing affects the way that he polices that community? Sure. And he's black. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah. So what I'm telling you is that the idea about a community of people, predominantly black, being a community in which nothing good can come from here. All of these people are just criminals. Yeah. And there's no hope here. And they don't and they don't care about themselves or their families. They're not sure. pulling themselves up yeah, by their own bootstraps. Basically, it's like a massive zoo that we are We are just, all we are are zookeepers. We're yeah. not here to rehabilitate. And, like, we're just here to make sure that the lion doesn't bite the spectators. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. it. Yeah. We're just here to keep animals in line. Wow. How do you think that a black officer had that kind of mindset about this black neighborhood that he was policing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Him being black did not change that. Because it's bigger than that. Because it is bigger than that. The mindset in the in the in the kind of uh ideological norm of how that neighborhood of people is seen is something that is actually uh permeating the, um in the institution of the actual police. Force. Sure, sure. It is bigger than his skin color. Yeah, yeah. It goes higher than him. Yes. And it also, and it gives him that same kind of mindset right. towards his, towards the people that actually look like him. Right. And so if you're, if you wanna, if, if you're, if you're asking yourself, how could someone that is black have the same kind of mindset that you all would say that these white officers or white supremacy is producing, that is. How? Your, your skin color does not in, inoculate you from a kind of racial white superiority. supremacy, sub, racial superiority mindset. Yeah. It doesn't. In fact, it could, you could actually try to come under the, ring, the wing of that racial superiority if you see, if I play the game the way they play it, I can actually yeah. t- take advantage of some of the benefits that I may get regardless of the color of my skin if I just take on the same cultural stereotypes and prejudices that the institution that I'm working for sure. has about these people that I'm policing. Yeah. And so and and, and so that's how it could happen. Anthony Johnson, uh the the black Angolan man uh-huh. um in the 17th century in Virginia mm-hmm. who got his freedom. Yeah. And he bought slaves. Slaves. And they said that this man was the most ruthless slave masters that the you know the, the 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 slave masters of the day would go to him like hey yeah 
You're taking a little too far, bro. You right. might want to chill out the, with the that. The white slave masters going to this black They're like, Yo, you, slave master. Like, hey, you're going a little bit too well, hard. Well, because I think... so. But the, here's, the, here's the challenge for me, though, Because you got to think about it real quick. Go ahead. Do you honestly think that these same five black police officers would have beat this man to death if he was a suburban white man at the same age? No. Probably not. I don't think that they would have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that they would have said, we... This is white man. We can't... Yeah, and, and part of that is because they would they would and they wouldn't even think that they need to resource. Yeah, they would see themselves as more uh, susceptible to consequence. Right. If they absolutely, were to, to act like that. absolutely, yeah, yeah. which says something about yeah. how you believe consequences would be handed down to you if you're beating a white man versus if you're beating a black man. Sure. Yeah. 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 And so again. And not to say that white men don't get beat. They do. We we think about Daniel think, Shaver that got in, that got killed. Sure. The I, one individual that I that we were just talking about that got that got shot by the SWAT team. So he's opened the door. White right. man. Not saying it doesn't happen. Sure. Sure. What, what I what I saw on Twitter was an argument over is this white supremacy? Is this white supremacy? Yeah. Right. I, I don't think that that's the question. But yeah, yeah, for sure. And I what what, what to me feels like a more helpful. Um, more accessible way for us to think about this because in this situation, it does open up the conversation that this is typically, the conversation typically about trying to get white people to act be better or believe what black people are saying. Right. But I think when we start talking about colorism, bro, and the ways in which racial superior superiority is uh, incarnate Incarnate in our community, which, Absolutely. which is what color colorism is out outworking of that. Uh, it is, yes. But it's also, and when you say incarnate in our community, you mean the black community. I'm talking about the right, black community. Right, right. I'm talking about the ways. And I, 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 let me be careful here because I, I, it feels like, um, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking about my man, mm -hmm. Emmanuel Acho. Yes. And what happened to him? What, what happened to him uh, on that? And, yeah. I, and I, the, the, which was an injustice, in I, my opinion. I believe so. Um, unnecessary and unfair. But I think that. Sometimes people who are connected to the more radical traditions of, of, of the fight for civil rights, or mm -hmm. I guess that wouldn't be, be right. We'll say more, more radical traditions of, of black progress. Right. That they can scoff at individuals who are heard by the majority. That the fact that you can sit down, like a king, for example. Yeah. The king was called Martin Luther Kuhn from, yep. which is an evil phrase. Yeah. From his detractors, yeah. But there were a lot of black folks within the civil. I don't know if they would call themselves a part of the civil rights movement, but I guess by proxy they are, right? But who would challenge him and say, "You're going too far. You're not going far enough. Yes. You're not talking spicy enough. Yes. You're, this this nonviolent stuff. Yep. Is going to get you and everybody else killed. Yeah. I mean, you know I mean we clearly see that that was the case with him and Malcolm X. Sure. Yeah. It was to say that you by making progress in the conversation, you are actually betraying your people. Right. Which is the... the and you're not going hard enough against white exactly. people. Which is you're actually also in some way trying to work with them and you can never work with these white devils. That's kind of like... that's. I mean, but that's kind of how it was. Like, right. you're trying to hold hands with them and they're just going to do nothing but stab you in the back. That's right, that's right. And it, so yeah, you should be just trying to build with your own people and that is it and kind of have... Stay in these these ethnic or racial enclaves. Or when with, you do show up to the, to the conversation. Right. Do, don't talk about uh, accessible ways and... Don't settle for anything. Uh, when you start show up to the conversation, even if you got some some 
folks in power that are like, okay, how can we help make the situation better? Right. Don't give them anything that might be reasonable. Bankrupt them. Absolutely, yeah. And there is arguments to be made for, especially when we think about, there was a uh, the, the documentary that Amin showed to me about this injustice in Clearwater, St. Pete and Tampa around developers building structures, offices, homes, communities mm-hmm. over black graves. Like black graveyards. Yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. The, Happening in our city. In droves. To reverse that is somebody's going broke. Somebody's yeah. generational wealth <laughs> has to go. And yeah. there is going to be, and there are good arguments to be made for that. Right. But if someone wants to come in and say, well, what if we parse this out? Uh-huh. What if there was a more what if there was a compromise? Right. That for some people, for, for some folks who again are more closely aligned with, with the with radical tradition. Right. That would say any kind of compromise is evil. Yeah. Let us stay where we are mm-hmm. before we find a way to work together. Right. What I'm saying is, I mean, is that to me, when I say that there is, in my estimation, a conversation to be had that isn't simply about trying to argue white supremacy. Mm-hmm. We're simply trying to debate if we can get you all, the other side, white folks, to agree that all of this is about white supremacy. Right. Because in my estimation, black police officers being more racist than white, white police officers is not a foreign thought. Oh, Within within black communities, that is not a foreign thought. I, I mean, I don't think I I think that you would be hard pressed to find anybody in the black community that would say that that could be the case. That could not be the case. Right, 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 right. It is absolutely, which is which is like what I'm thinking. Like what yeah. I, I think that for like in my opinion of the conversation, I'm just trying to frame it. I'm just trying to frame how it is possible that this still could have been a racial issue for the black police officers. Yes, because racism is in, is incarnate. In our community, yes. bro. And this is what I'm saying, bro. I, again, I, I set I set all that up because I know that I'm gonna get. I, I know that I'm going to sound too agreeable. Yeah. Because this is the, the, Jason Whitlock goes on Fox News and begins just disparaging black folks. Oh man, he's. I mean, yeah. I, it's it's like the answer to the, the answer to, to to celebrity voices that make. Uh, the general population feel uncomfortable mm-hmm. is to bash black people. That is a page right out the playbook of Sister Owens. Right, right. It's like, it's yo. True. Very true. I can't even hear you over the hatred. Now, I do think that my, my, my understanding that racial supremacy is a real issue. Right. I know it very well because... In my own family, there is a thought mm-hmm. that nothing good comes from Southside St. Petersburg, or that we can't achieve, right? Or that we will never, or, or that we won't make it out. Yeah. Or if you want, I had somebody tell me someone who I really, really respect. Uh oh. I dropped this song, and uh, we uh, we we used uh, we we sampled this person. This African American mm-hmm. person, and uh, I, I won't give any more details because you'll figure out who it is. <laughs> I talked to them on the phone about our marketing plan, about how we wanted to push it, you know, to the masses. And right. this person said to me, I love this. I love the song. I think it's a hit. But if you really want to be successful, 
you need to make sure you get a white man behind it. <laughs> get you a white man. Don't don't have don't have one of us leading point on this. You you, you need to have you need to get a white team. That's right. White marketing. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. And in similar fashion, I had a conversation in Central America. I was talking with uh, uh, a friend of mine uh-huh. uh, from a Central American country. Yeah. Uh, I, I won't give any more detail than that. Yeah. And this person was. We were debating. There's a phrase in Latin culture called improve the race. Mejora la, la raza. Mm-hmm. Um, Which translates to... Improve the race. Yeah. And what is meant by that is, this is the white man's world. <laughs> if you want to improve this country, yeah. if you want to see your native people, you know, come out of their Their savageness. <laughs> their savagesness. <laughs> We have you, to breed it out. You need to marry yep. white. Mm-hmm. That, for my friend in Central America, which he defended, by the end of the conversation, he repented of it. Mm-hmm. But in the beginning, he saw it as the air he was breathing because that's how the world works, KB. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you want us to stay down here? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, this is practical. It is a practical thing to think that proximity to those who have the power yeah. is good for me. Why would you look down on me for thinking that? And as I have these experiences within my community, I don't need to go to anybody. I can look within our community to think, to, 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 to be able to discern, mm-hmm. especially with issues of colorism. Oh, absolutely. As a darker brother, I mean, I, I, I mean I'm a darker brother. I dealt with that my, my whole life. Mm-hmm. Where do these ideas come from? Right. It cannot be that there isn't something out there called racial or white supremacy. It, that, that cannot be the Or answer. a construct of whiteness. It can't be that it doesn't exist. It, it, it can't be because how did it get to uh, how, did, how right. did it get here? Right. Why are we looking at each other? And saying you're, you're, that, that there's something better about the color of your skin, the lighter you are within yes. the black community. It happens in but, Latino communities too. But... Here's where I think the conversation needs to go. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. you know, my, you my, my little meager opinion. <laughs> the divisions that exist between societies are ubiquitous, mm-hmm. my guy. You can go to South Africa and see the coloreds and the blacks. Yep. Who are both black. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Absolutely. And you can see that the, the 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 proximity to the minority white folks that are in South America and South uh, Africa is what is seen as is better than being connected with these Negroes. You take Mahatma Gandhi, man. Oh my my man went down to South Africa and said, Hey, I'm standing for my people, but don't get it twisted. We are not like those folks down there. Yeah. Yeah. You see it on racial terms, but you also see it in societies like Uganda. Yeah. Or where where, where everybody's black. Right, right. Yet you see that there's this divide between those who have and those who do not have. Those who have proximity to power. That power begins to corrupt the way they see their fellow human being. Absolutely. They then begin to create systems, structures Mm -hmm. to keep their power. They begin to... uh, um, erect norms right. 
Hegemon. They create norms. Hegemony. They they do. This is what it is to be normal. Normal life, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. normal presentation, normal language looks like those that look like us. Right. Which you can see it cut on racial lines because here is where we're going and y'all can say whatever you want about me. Mm-hmm. 50 years from now, this nation will be almost unrecognizable to the 1700s, bro. Oh. Or the 1800s. Oh, absolutely. It's, it's unrecognizable it's now. now. Right. But it's going to... The, the, the world that my children are stepping into, uh-huh. the conversations around who holds the power right. are not simply going to be racial. Uh, and, uh, they're not going to simply be uh, melanin. Right. The conversations that my children are going to be having aren't going to be simply cut on racial lines. Yeah. It's going to be cut on other things because sin is going to be there. Right. Sin is always going to take advantage of something that seems like it's the advantage to have. Right. Whether that's money, power, uh, the dominant uh, 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 skin tone, yep. uh, to to uh, or stru- structures yeah. that that or, or biases that seem to give you passes. Right. Right. Uh, it's always going to use those things to abuse others. Right. It's going to continue until Jesus comes back or the kingdom somehow throws up a double. You so big. I don't know where you are eschatologically, but uh, I think for some folks, yeah. they think that we're gonna be riding around. Oh my God! Jesus, uh, uh, chariots yeah, of fire, I mean, we gonna have and pat- everybody we, gonna be worshiping on yeah, every corner. We gonna have Maybe that'll happen. <laughs> Maybe that'll happen. Maybe this will be a Christian right, world. Right, right. And Jesus gonna and walk on Jesus the is gonna and, and walk you. on back and say, and "We gonna hand yeah. them the keys." Uh, the keys. Right, exactly. We got it ready for you. We got it ready for you, Lord. That's all we was. He was like, "Thank you." That's what I was waiting on. I was waiting for y'all to get this thing together. So I think that it's not less than racial, right? But I do think it's more than racial. And don't hear me here saying huh, that it's a uh, it's a skin it's a sin issue, not a skin issue. No, uh, no, sin makes it a skin issue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But don't lose the scope of what sin does. Yeah. And at the same time, make sure that we apply. I would say the one. The one uh, sort of uh, the most salient, effective um, balm or, uh, or, or redemptive application to the scope, which is that at the end of the day, mm-hmm. I think as I mean, he detailed it so beautif- beautiful, beautifully for us in that story. At the end of the day, what you see when you see it, when you look at an image bearer, bro, mm-hmm. means everything to how you carry yourself. Yourself, because I will say this: um, there are two police officers in my mind right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, one I know personally, one I just follow. Um, three, three police officers. Uh-huh. So the detective in Evansville, Indiana, who I had lunch with or, or breakfast with. He took me to the airport. Um, from a show I had breakfast with him And he told He asked me before I left To pray for him Because He reads what the scripture teaches About our approach To enemies Our approach to the broken Our approach to dysfunction And he can't reconcile it With what he sees Why? This particular detective Worked in children's sexual abuse. Mm. 
he saw the worst of humanity regularly. Mm -hmm. He got the phone calls to go and detain or rescue or whatever it may be. And he says, through what I have seen, I can't see these people as anything other than animals. Mm. And I'm afraid of how it permeates how I see everyone because don't get it twisted. Hate is very hard to keep contained. You can't put a lid on it. Oh, yeah, it, it spreads. It spreads, bro. It's fungus. It's fungus. It's, 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 it's a, it, it floats through the air, starts getting on everything. You end mm -hmm. up having to burn the whole couch, bro. Yeah. Burn the house. And what that means for us is that at the core of policing uh, in America is this issue that is supported by the systems, to supported by the systems that train these police officers, mm -hmm. which we saw detail very, 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 uh, uh, we saw a great example of how the system can codify a bias, mm -hmm. right? I'll say something about that in a second. But what we realized, though, is that if you were walking around seeing the worst of humanity, you begin to think the, you begin to think humanity is the worst. The, I would also add to your argument earlier about black folks committing half of the half of the uh, being so uh, overrepresented in, crime, in mm -hmm. crimes that are committed. You know, there's been other studies, particularly with drugs, on how much drug usage different races are are consuming. Mm -hmm. And what they found was that there was no difference in the amount of consumption. In fact, they found that 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 white folks were consuming drugs more, not just by merit of being of, of, more of them, but, bigger but, number, yeah. but by usage. Uh-huh. Uh, selling it at equal at equal rates as well and using it at equal rates and in some cases more. Yet there was only one group of people being mass arrested for it though. Right. And that was black, black people. Yeah. So that the policing, that if you're searching for people committing crimes, you can Google this right now, at almost all times, every American is committing a felony. At yeah, almost all it's, times. It's like, it's like I remember Mark Lamont Hill said, if I'm a police officer and I go downtown and I follow a car around downtown for two hours, I'm going to be able to find something to pull them over Somebody, for. Somebody's going to break a law. Yeah. I mean, and because there are so many laws on the book, the book that right. books that aren't even being that are antiquated and not actually yeah. being applied, yep. uh, we you are can all still felons. get it on the technic technicality. Yeah, the technicality is there, boy. You right, can, you can dig deep. And mm -hmm. what I'm saying is, there's also a thought of because we, man, what we saw in the in the crack epidemic was that the more money that they spent on policing these neighborhoods, the worse the drug problem became. Yeah. The more that they, we see this happening with Dierte in Dierte in, uh, in, the in the Philippines. Yeah, he has these death squads where they're murdering people they're going that are using drugs. Murdering. If you, he and, said and that it, the yeah. president of the Philippines, not anymore, but he said that if you are using drugs, we will kill you. Exactly and what they what found is that it did not stop drug use. Right. Shame and guilt is not enough yeah. to change. You cannot. You shame can't shame people. someone out of addiction, man. You cannot shame people into transformation. Yeah. You right. can't do it. Right. You cannot guilt them into transformation. Right. You also can't police them into transformation. Right. This is not to say that police are useless. Yeah. Uh, I, I am emphatically not with abolishing the police. Yes, likewise. But I am emphatically with reforming police departments. These other two police officers that I mentioned. Brother, these, I'm going to talk about them in tandem because the, the time is long. We've been, we've been talking for a long time. 
Um, both of these police officers, before they think about how they, you know, execute the law in communities, they are deeply committed to keeping their hearts filled with compassion towards the people they're police, policing. Mm-hmm. One, is, one is a good friend of mine. He's here locally. Um, he was on the NYPD for a long time. Yep. Um, and uh, the, the other officer, like I said, I, I follow him online. You, you see them giving the community that they police a place in their hearts. Mm-hmm. I'm not just showing up to work. I'm an agent of... Of, of organization and grace and compassion and defense. Mm-hmm. I see that this commitment, how could you say that nothing good comes from Southside St. Petersburg when the statistics, if you just looked at the studies, most people in Southside St. Most, mm-hmm. the vast majority of the people living in that community are like I mean and I. Yeah, and the vast and the and the data shows that the vast majority of people in hoods all across America are actually not committing crimes. Yes. It's a very small number of people in those neighborhoods committing crimes. The vast majority of people in these under-resourced, underdeveloped, or poor neighborhoods are actually living as regular upstanding members of society That's just right. trying to make it. That's right. Wanting those people that you are mapping onto the whole community, they gone. want them gone like right. you do. Exactly. They're the ones calling the police on them. Yes. It's not white folks coming from the suburbs saying, hey, Ronnie is over here smoking crack on the corner. Could yes. you get him? Yes. It's 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 the it's the upstanding members of the of, of the actual neighborhood that are actually calling the police yes. for help. My auntie, I was at Thanksgiving not too long ago, Thanksgiving at the family's house in Southside St. Pete, St. Petersburg. A cousin of mine showed up with a warrant for his arrest. Mm-hmm. I, I, I could already imagine how your family's going to respond because I know them. They say, here's your plate said- of food and the police are on their way. <laughs> this is not, we are we are not, because we don't want to do go not, to jail. We do not harbor criminals here because we are not going to jail. Your uncle just got a good city job. Your uncle just got a good city job. And he is not, we are not losing Let me that. tell you what, we not going. I'll tell you, I'll tell you one thing we're not going to do. We we're not going to harbor criminals in this house. <laughs> There's a lot of things that we do do here, but we but harboring criminals is not one of them. So, hey. Yes. Yeah, I, I think that it's just important uh, to realize, to, to, to see that I am here, an agent, not just of the state, but of the kingdom. Mm-hmm. This is where Romans 13 begins to come into play. Absolutely. I am here to protect the innocent. Right. So, and to stop the wrongdoers, yes. I'm not to be an agent of chaos, right. but an agent of order, protection, and justice. These two police officers that I'm thinking about take that serious. I also think about the interviews that they did with the, 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 the Daytona Police Department yes. here in Florida. They gave a shining example of what real community policing looks yes, like. Yes, community policing. Yeah. Where they recognize there are things that are in me as, do you believe, especially if you're a Christian. Yeah. You think that that somehow the 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 that Adams uh the Adams fall stops just shy of the police oh, the academy? Poli- Let me tell you something, KB. Adams fall touches <laughs> every single blade of grass on this earth, but where it stops is 807 49th Street South, <laughs> where you pull right up to that St. Petersburg Police Department building. That mug has it. Yeah, you shall not pass. That's what happens at that mug. We are safe. We're safe here. From the fall and That's from right. depravity. That's right. In this We're, building. Exactly. Yeah, but you're right. It's 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 asinine to think that 
first of all, we we look at sin. Yeah. And we look at. Let me just say real oh, quick, the, the, the oh, Daytona Police Department. I'll just finish the thought and no, I'll put, hold your thought. They recognized that that Adam was coursing through their veins. They didn't use that language, but they realized. Yeah. Because they were looking at the results. Right. Any datatician can sit down and say, hey, it seems as though right. you're over-policing this place, but you don't even go over here. Yeah. Man, I'll never see the police where I live now. I see the police all the time when I was growing up. Yeah. I hardly, man, and people are breaking the law, let me tell you. They are bre- they are running through these halls in these yeah. high schools. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Up here, they're selling Oxycontin yep. and Percocets yep. and Mollies. Yep. Un- Feathered. Oh man, I have friends. Unfettered. I have friends that was working <laughs> that worked as counselors in these high schools in these well-off areas, and the amount of times they have busted these students for hardcore drugs yes. and freaking sexual assault, recording yes. stuff that they're doing to other students on the phone and texting it to all of the 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 student body, yes. all of that stuff happening there, all of the drugs they're recovering there. I'm like, this is crazy. Yes, it's just just as bad as yes. when I was at. Because there's sinners school. over there. There's sinners with resources, yeah, but there's still sinners. Yes, and man. what I'm saying, King, is that what we saw happen once they recognized that there was a problem and reform might be good, not just for the reputation of our precinct, right. but, but for, for the, the community, right. for the people. Right. And they begin to they begin they begin to uh, uh, to talk, man. When they begin to exercise. Uh, Training to yeah. deal with these biases. They yeah. saw a community that began to trust them and felt protected by them. And their arrest, the, the arrest changed. Mm-hmm. Crime was stamped out. You can look up the uh, Boston 10-Point Coalition where the community was working with the police department to put, uh, to put a plan in place for us to be able to do the thing we all want, which is to live quiet lives, work with our hands. Yep, yep. And take care of our families. And it was successful for a period of time. Mm -hmm. And what I'm saying is, there's got to be some heart work done that then jumps into because it, because it, because it affects the way you see the communities that you're policing. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that I think that that is true um, because as you say, Adam's sin, which has become ours, yes, yes, has affected everyone. And if we believe that one of the sins that we see in Scripture is partiality, which we can also say is a kind of bias, why in the world would we think that police are exempt from that sin of bias? Yes. If we have seen that sin can be institutionalized, I I would find it hard-pressed for us to say that Lust and sexual immorality is not institutionalized. Surely it's in institutionalized. Surely it is. Surely, Surely lust that's is a... why we have a multi-billion-dollar pornography industry. Right, right. Surely that's why we have an underground sexual trafficking industry. Right. Surely that's why you know prostitution is out here. Strip clubs exist. Right. All uh, escorts exist. Right. right. Surely sexual sin has been institutionalized right. and systematized. Right. What makes us think that other sins, like a host of different biases yes. towards someone's which is race, partiality and God hates it, which is partiality God and God hates, hates it. partiality, which is bar- which is partiality towards someone's race or ethnicity or sex, their gender or their class, how yes. much money they make? Right. How can we not think that that is not institutionalized? Right. Do we not see what James is saying to Christians? 
in James chapter 2 when he says, hey, y'all seem to be trying to put together a system in the church in which y'all are making it totally okay and normal to give rich people seats here and to push the poor Christians away. Yes. And then James goes into the reason for why this doesn't work. I mean, why this is ungodly and sinful. It's not a, 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 a true representation of what pure religion looks like. And then James has to remind them. Come, come on, I mean. Because that's what happens when you start getting close to power. Yeah. Is that you start kind of forgetting. Uh, I, I feel like power is a bit like um, like a charming, manipulative, manipulative psychopath. Wow. Is that what power does is it brutalizes you. Yeah. And then when you get around power again and it offers itself to you, you start forgetting all of the brutalization that the power did to <laughs> yes. you before. Yes. So it's like that one person that you know this person is liar, cheater, thief, or he's harmed you so many times. But when you get around this person, they're so charming and they're so yes. fun to be around that you start thinking about, well, maybe this person yeah, is actually man. not as bad as I Love this guy. thought they were. Or like a woman in an abusive relationship that says, you know, I know he beats me, but then he does these crazy acts yes. of love yes. and they romance. I got flowers and there at was, my job. Yeah, that was yeah, 60 flowers at the job and rose petals and bubble baths. You Come know what on. I'm saying? And, and that's because he has to cover up his psychopathic side where he's blacking. <laughs> your eye every two weeks yes, you know what i'm saying awesome. yes you're right. and, and uh -huh. so and so i feel like when you're getting close to power that power actually starts to make you say hmm maybe it's not the brutalization is actually not as bad as i think or maybe it doesn't exist at all and this is why james is talking to them and then james is saying let me just read what james says Go i would ahead. love Let's to let do james that. speak for himself my brothers, James says, James chapter 2, show no partiality as you hold the faith in our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory. So James is starting out by saying we are not supposed to be partial people. Yes. Which is what our sinful nature is. In light of Jesus. Do. Right. In light of Christ. Yeah. For if a man is wearing a gold ring and fine clothing comes into your assembly and a poor man in shabby clothing also comes in, and if you pay attention to the one who wears fine clothing and say, you sit here in a good place while you say to the poor man, you stand over there or sit at my feet, have you not then made distinctions amongst yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? So wow. James is saying, bro, if you, y'all cannot make this church Y'all cannot start institutionalizing a norm in which y'all are seeing rich people come in here. And, ye, and it's funny that James says, when the rich man comes in there, you pay attention to the one yes. with the gold ring. Yes. Right? And wears the fine clothing. Yes, yes. But then you say to the, 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 the poor man, sit here in a good place or stand over there. I mean, I mean, you say to the poor man, stand over there, sit at my feet. So yes. obviously you're not paying this guy any attention. All of my attention goes to the rich man. Yes. The powerful. Yes. Right? Then he says, now you're making distinctions among yourself. Here's the classism Come on, between sir. rich and poor. Yes. And then you're starting to judge the rich. You're starting to judge people by those distinctions. That's yes. what he says. Uh, judges with evil thoughts. Your bias is evil. Right. right? Listen, listen, my beloved brothers, has not God chosen the one? Come on, sir. <laughs> chosen those who are poor in the world to be rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom. Yes. I love how James does this. This poor man is actually rich. That's right. In a way in which you're not recognizing because you're recognizing riches by carnality. That's right. Woo. You're recognizing the riches by what a man wears and what a man has on, how much money he has in the banking account, yeah. but you're not recognizing that this is truly the rich person yes. and you're despising him. Yeah, brother. Right? Is yeah. what James says, yeah. right? 
And so Come on, has I mean. not God chosen those who are poor in the world to be rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom, which he has promised to those who love him? But you have dishonored the poor man. And then James has to say this, because this is what power does to us. Come on, sir. He says, are not the rich ones are, are not the rich the ones who oppress you and the ones who drag you into court? Wow, 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 wow. Have you forgotten? Are they not the ones who blaspheme the honorable name by which you were called? Yeah. One of the things you have to ask yourself is why would James put that there? That's, that is wild. <laughs> Out of nowhere, it seems that like. That is wild. James is saying, did y'all not forget that these people that you're showing all this partiality to are the ones who are oppressing you? Uh-oh, bad word. <laughs> oppressing you? Yeah, yeah. And then dragging you to court? And then blaspheming God's name. So your, your bias is causing you to totally forget all the brutal things that the rich has done to you. Yeah. And it's, it's causing you to forget not only how they are oppressing you, which it's crazy that James will say that because that sounds like it's a bigger... It, he's talking about the rich in general sure, oppressing, which sure, means sure. it's a system. And blaspheming it's Jesus. institution, right. Yeah, yeah. And then he talks about how they're blaspheming God, yeah. your God, right? Blaspheming... Um, I'm sorry, uh, uh, blaspheme the honorable name by which you were called. So not only is your bias causing you to forget, have some kind of sociological amnesia about the brutalization that these folks are doing to you, but it's also causing you to totally not see or at least justify and tuck away their lives being ungodly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, and then you have to ask yourself, why are the why are these ungodly blasphemers in the church in the first place? Yeah, for sure. Oh. Yeah, for sure. Right? And so power. Power. And position. And po power and position. Yeah. And power will make you forget these things. Yes. And I think that this is what happens is that in our sinful nature, we can be partial in many different ways. Yes. Again, we are not just talking about race, but class, gender. It, 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 all, all yeah, kinds sure. of ways that we can be partial. Right. And for us to think that this cannot also make its way into a policing institution yeah. in which some of that partiality could be based upon where a person lives and also and or their skin color. Right. For us to think that that is somehow irrational right. would be for us to actually take what Scripture tells us about our own selves yes. and to throw it in the trash. Yeah, the police are no better than you. The police are They no, are us. The police are not a religious institution. As much as, they, as much as folks may treat them that way, they're not a religious institution. Yeah. And even if they were, religious institutions don't mean that the Spirit of God is there at all. Sure, sure, sure. So they are not exempt, just like I am not exempt, just like you are not yeah, exempt yeah, yeah, yeah. from having biases that could be racial yeah. or it could be based upon gender or class or it could be based upon just outward appearance you can see a man walking down the street you can see a white you could be a white man seeing another man walk down the street with a with a bald head and tattoos and some doc martens on and think this brother looks like he might be a skinhead and this yeah, yeah. man could be a pastor at a church yeah. down the street yeah, 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 you know yeah, what i'm saying yeah. there's all kind of biases that we may have there's all kind of partial ways in and which I, our biases rear its head in partiality good, Meansy. Meansy. and all i'm saying oh, is that me. that's great Meansy. it's all good and all i'm saying is that we have to come to the uh, the 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 understanding that re, that those kind of biases and that kind of partiality is a reality in our nation it is and i, I think that that's why it's important for us 
to reject anybody that wants to make this less than race. Right. But also demand we, that we make it we more than race. We have to make it more. Race. We have to yeah, make it more. Particularly, and, and I think that that is, yeah. and, I, and I would just say this real quick, I think that that is where the conversation fails on uh, the, 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 the pro-white supremacy. Like this is the, the I mean, not pro-white supremacy. Those that but want, the, but those this who want all this a, to see that this is nothing but white it's supremacy. It's like a white supremacy scoreboard. Right. And, and, and we are just trying to find as many, there's a white supremacy scoreboard. Let me say it. There's mm -hmm. a white supremacy scoreboard, and folks are trying to fight hard to make sure that they can put points on that board either for the presence of white supremacy right. or for the non-existence of white supremacy. Exactly. And that is what it sounds like this whole conversation turned into. That is, that is what it's turned into. Where, where it's... At, we, Who's going to get a point? The deniers or the uh, or, or the ones that 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 see it everywhere. That is actually true. This Which is to me yeah. feels we are missing it like a missed. It feels like the emphasis you're putting the wrong you're putting the emphasis on the wrong syllable, bro. Mm -hmm. Because this is a matter of understanding. Number one, systems. Are reflections of people's hearts. Right. Because your heart is systemic. Yes. The heart of man, your individual heart, has a systemic uh, kind of reality to it. Right. There are, there are, we can almost see this on the brain under a microscope. Right, though, right. That there are way, there are literally neural pathways mm -hmm. that run certain ways when certain things happen. Yep. There are certain reactions that your body has when you're in certain situations. Yeah. We have a lot of talk about trauma responses. Right. Where do you think that comes from? Yeah. That's not you individually deciding to be traumatized right. by what's in front That's of you so or having a trauma reaction. There is a system in your heart that responds to the world. We can't help but put systems together right. because we are systems in ourselves. Right. You are a mind, body, and a soul that exists as a... Depends if you are a dichotomist or a trichotomist. I'm a dichotomist, mm -hmm. but you believe you exist as a dichotomy: mind, body, uh, 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 body, spirit, soul. Right. That works in tandem with the ways in which you are disciple towards Jesus or away from Him. Yeah. All of that has a systemic element to it. That's a part of why disciplines are so important. Yeah. Because you're putting in policies, bro, right? That you are practicing that create. A reaction out of you that you hope becomes second nature. Yes. You hope that you would be so given to the principles, policies, disciplines of godliness and righteousness that in when situations happen, that it changes it just, the system. It just, exactly. Or I was going to say it like this: uh -huh. that when you are commit, you you would hope that those things would be so in place that when a on the spot situation happens. Somebody curses you out. You mm -hmm. some some there, there's a loss of a family member. Some, right. Something wild out of nowhere happens to you that the things that have been systematized in you will just flow out. It, right. It'll just work in tandem with the situation. That is Christoformity. Yes. When I have been so formed that when things happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm cut off in traffic. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm the, uh, the the I'm offended. Uh, one cheek. One. I'm I'm being you know yeah. slapped insulted. In the, yeah, yeah. With a slap to the cheek. Right. That there is a systemic reaction. 
And when I say that, I mean that in terms of how systems just run without anybody trying to make them run. Right. That it just flows out of you. Exactly. And what I'm saying is since our hearts are like that, our, uh, we are ontologically that way, of course we're going to go out and create systems that do the same thing. Right. Things that run as a reflection of right. who we are. Right. And what we're saying is it is good to think deeply about how community policing this is what I'm arguing, needs to include an intentional focus on the attitude, heart, and intention that the police officer has towards their, uh, has towards the people they're policing. Let yes. me just say this, bro. No, amen. Uh, I like to think I run a good company in terms of the culture. Yeah. People gen generally like working here mm -hmm. and by God's grace uh, they don't want to leave yeah um, that happens uh, in good companies McKinsey which I yeah. by, far be it for me I, I uh, compare you, you McKinsey and company to HGA Productions but oftentimes even if the work is hard mm -hmm. if you have leadership HR yeah supervisors, right. managers, team leads yeah. that delight in the people they are leading. Warren Buffett said that the key to any successful business is delighting in the customer. Mm -hmm. He said that, that if I can boil down all success into a single practice, a yeah. single discipline, it is delighting in the people. When I think about the Christian plumber or the Christian janitor, I write about this in my book, um, when I talk about the, the, the difference between uh, folks that, uh, these, they, they did a study on these janitors. One group of janitors went to this hospital and saw themselves just cleaning toilets and, and getting a paycheck. The other group of janitors mm -hmm. saw themselves as advocates for the patients in the hospital. Wow. Advocate, advocates for the sanitation that keeps the, the patient safe. Yeah. They keep the doctors safe. They keep the nurses safe. Yeah. Is there any conversation in our hiring of our officers around how they might be inspired by doing... No, if you're, you're, you're chasing bad guys. I get it. No one is telling you right. that the litmus test for community policing is being in love with the crack dealer. Right, all right, right. right. Well, I'm not saying that. Yeah. I'm simply saying, is your dealing with those in that community being led by your love for those who are being terrorized by the evil. Because that's Romans 13. Mm -hmm. Romans 13. It's true. Is that the sword is in hand. Right. Is the gun in the holster. Yeah. To protect the innocents. Right. And be an advocate for justice. I understand that this is very complicated. Mm -hmm. The laws are so... The laws are such that what it would mean to bring total reform to policing in America would be... It's, 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 we have a long road ahead. Right, 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 right. But what I've seen on the ground, my own life, and the police officers I have a relationship with, that the most salient... Uh, the, the, not the most salient, but what is a very practical, in-the-moment way in which we can bring effect to the people that we are, that they are, excuse me, policing, uh -huh. is doing deep work in their hearts towards that community 
wholesale, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because if you do not, it doesn't matter what race you are, you will take on a burden of superiority. You will take on a burden of you, you, you will take on a burden. You will you will be corrupted by the power. In that moment, bro, mm-hmm. when you have absolute power to do to, to take me to prison, to, to interrupt my day, to, right. to, not take me to prison, but take me to jail, to interrupt my day. Do we take that serious that the power in which is being wielded needs to be intentionally managed? Right, right. I, I can't help but use Christian phrase mm-hmm. for the terminology, discipled. Right. That's what the folks in Daytona, that's what the police officers in Daytona, the, the police chief in Daytona Beach saw. That we will get what we hope we're trying to achieve. We exist here to push back on evil right. and protect the innocent. Yeah, yeah. That's what we all want. That's what everyone wants. Yep. We'll be better at that. If we start looking inward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You feel me? On how we might align what our reactions are by at least being aware of them and then doing things to stop them from, you know, sort of expressing themselves in policy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. What you're saying is is good, KB. Yeah. And I think it's it's making clear that we have to think deeply, uh, more deeply about how our institutions are reflecting our love for the people in which we should be serving. Yes, bro. That's a good question. Do you love these people? Yeah. That's a great question to yeah. ask. Officers, officers, do you love the community that you're policing? I'm not because talking about th- tolerating yeah, them. Yeah, 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 yes, yes. Do you love them? You love them. Do you want their good? Are you for their flourishing? And I'm Are af- you giving them the benefit of the doubt? And I'm afraid, brother, that there are too many people in the world that don't think that's even an important question to ask. I agree. Because because they're not asking it. If that was the case, we would already be asking it. Yeah, bro. And I and I and I think um, in a job like policing, yeah, where you are dealing with the worst of the worst, the worst of humanity, bro. You know, putting um, your life on the line too. Putting your life on the line. Yep. Uh, every day, yep. mind you. Yep. Um, there are police officers that die all the time. I do not at all seek to downplay how difficult a police officer's job is, how difficult it is for them to have to make split-second decisions when something happens yeah. that can either cost them their life or someone else their life. I, I don't... I don't. It is a hard job. Yes. Probably one of the hardest because police officers not only get called when they need to actually put down a ravenous murderer, yeah. but they also get called when a couple is having an argument. They yeah. have to be like counselors. Yeah. They yeah. have to be like, you know what I mean? They yep. have to be, there's so many different hats that a police officer has to wear. But because the job does deal with the lives of people yeah. and people who are Ooh. a lot of the times in sensitive situations, the disposition that I believe that you should have as a police officer it has to be one that is highly full of love and compassion and desire to see the community in which you are policing flourishing. Because if you just see this mug as a job, sure, then I think that you become a danger to the people that you are serving. Yeah, bro. Because this is not the kind of job in which you can just simply see this as a paycheck. Yes. Because there's too much life and sense insensitive uh 
subjects and circumstances and situations with these lives that you are dealing with to see this as just a paycheck. It's something that I believe that you have to be passionate about. And you have to be passionate about the flourishing of people and the goodness of the community in which you serve, not passionate about your own power. Yes. You can't come into this mug because you're passionate about being respected. Yeah, 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 for sure. And the, and the police academy is a way to get it. You can't come into this mug because you're passionate about, because you're insecure. And yeah. you believe walking around with a gun and a badge is a way for you to get some kind of security and respect. Yeah. You can't come into this mug because you think that it would just be cool to chase bad guys all yeah. day because you have a caricature of what policing looks like. Sure. You can't do it for that reason. You yes. have to do it because you want to love and serve these people. Yes, we all know the difference between a teacher who loves kids and a teacher that is just doing a teaching job because they're getting paid. Absolutely. We all see that de- we've all had teachers that have tolerated us. Yes. And we all had teachers that have said, I'm going to pour my life and pour my time and my energy and my resources into these students. We see the difference. Right. Right, 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 right. When it comes to policing. Right. And you're walking around with a gun yes. and authority to use it. Yes, yes, yes. And a plethora of laws and technicalities in which you can use and to justify your usage of it. Yes. You can't be a person that is doing this simply for the money or simply for the respect or simply because you think it's cool to yep. put on a uniform. Yeah, bro. You have to be doing this because you love the community in which you are policing and you feel called yeah. to bring order and justice um and love and flourishing to a neighborhood. Yeah. I feel like it's like uh I'm not calling a police officer a pastor by any means, but I'm saying when you think about the stakes of what it means to be a pastor, yes, 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 yes. that you're watching over people's souls. Yes. That you're shepherding people's souls and that you are going to be held to a and that the Bible makes it very clear that you are going to be held to a higher standard because you are responsible for teaching folks. So why yeah. the Bible says, hey, not all of us should be teachers. Yeah, yeah. When you think about the severity of that, you start thinking and saying, this is not just something that I could do because I want to do it. Right, right, right. I got, because of all the responsibility that comes with being a pastor, I need to make sure that I'm called by God to do this. Sure, sure. And I feel like there are some jobs that are like that, bro. Some jobs like that. And I feel like policing is one of those yeah. jobs. <laughs> That's not. It's not a job that Chris is. Rock said. Oh, exactly. We can't have a few bad apples. We can't. Like I, some jobs, everybody got to be in. That is so like true. Like doctors are like that. You know, at, at, at TGH, Chris Rock said most that. of our doctors are good, but some of our doctors like to slice right down the backbone when they're trying to look at whether or not your eye has a problem. Exactly. And I think that Chris Rock made a great point in that. <laughs> Police off. Everybody got to be good. Right. Yeah. Policing is a job where everybody needs to be good. <laughs> you can't say, man, you know, the majority of the cops are good. We got a few bad apples. A few bad apples causes people their lives, bro. See, but I think that that is one of the ways when we talk about police reform, I want to hear Christians talk about it too. Because yeah. I think that, I think that we bring this burden, bro. Um, we bring this burden to the conversation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That that we 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 also I we can have the, the, the racial talk. We can have the racial conversation. Have to, yep. And I want to downplay that. Mm-hmm. But my guy, the case of Tyree Nichols was a failure of love. They were not loving that man that night, bro. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. They were not. Mm-mm. And don't try to stretch the, don't don't look at that and say, oh, so if I shoot, how can I love a dude that's sh- that, that's shooting me? So the police officer's not allow- allowed to shoot the person that is pulling a weapon out on him. Brother, we are not talking about that. That's that's not what we're talking about. 
Can we at least say that whatever love is, love has the space to act towards somebody in a in, in certain circumstances where you harm them. If right. if, if love includes that, because there's an argument to be made for that. I, I, absolutely. Can we at least say that with Tyree Nichols? Love was not present. Oh, yeah. Love didn't look there like was standing him up. That, there was no way they could have done that and it be love. No. And what I'm saying is, King, I'm just struck right now as I'm thinking about the conversations that we have had with police officers uh-huh. in our community and how in those conversations, both of the, in fact, both of the officers that we've brought up on this show, They gave us a cry for help, bro. Yeah. A cry for help. Yeah. The cry for help, King, was there is stuff going on in my heart. Yeah. Because of what I am seeing. Yeah. That I don't want to leak into the way it's that I treat the It's a spiritual, mental, physical trauma. Yeah. That is permeating my view of humanity. Right. Pray for me. And I think by God's grace, in, in, in these cases, I'm particularly thinking about two officers that I mentioned. I mentioned three, but I'm thinking about two of them. Jesus is a fence for them. Yeah. Right? The, 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 the God, in a lot of ways, is what stands in between. Because the other thing, too, that no one talks about in these conversations either, when you go to worship the police officers, and, 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 and when, you go, when you go to worship the police mm-hmm. and shut down any conversation about reform, I hope you know that the, 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 a part of the disservice that you're doing, and probably some of the worst of it, is to the actual police. Mm-hmm. Have you read the studies on drug addiction, alcoholism? One of my good friends just lost her husband, who was a police officer. Wow. To alcohol addiction, bro. Right. It is... Which it runs rampant in police it's departments. rampant in and police divorces departments. And divorces. Divorce. Yes. Suicide. Suicide? Yeah. Have you looked at the, the rates of, of, of suicides among officers? Something is wrong. Yes. Absolutely. And you having arguments with people on Twitter about Black Lives Matter is not helping. Yeah. Or Black Lives Matter, I'm sorry, having a bunch of arguments trying to convince people that they you just scored a point, another point against mm-hmm. them in the white supremacy scoreboard. Right, right. Yeah. You're missing... There is, admittedly, I don't begr- it's no begrudge, I'm right. not saying this begrudgingly, admittedly, the conversations are important. Right. But there is a, there is, there's other, I said it like that, aspects to this conversation that stir the heart, that stir, stir the, the mind, I think, for the people of God. Right. To show up with solutions that we know would be transformative. Yeah. And I think a part of that is asking the question around vocation, mm-hmm. calling, right, and love mm-hmm. for the people you are policing. Right, about. right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's a book called Every Moment Holy. Filled with prayers for life. In, in detailed ways. This book has, in a lot of ways, been like um, my concealed carry. You know what I'm saying? Like, I keep it on me at all times. Even, I can mm-hmm. use it. This thing has just been, some, it's, 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 it's turning into something that I want to keep on me at all times. Say it like that. 
Here is prayer, a liturgy for employed people. Mm. Here's the prayer. O Christ, who supplies my every need, I praise you for all provisions and for the means by which they are provided. For my current employment in this season of life, I give you thanks. By it, may I meet my own needs and contribute to the needs of others. Let me work and serve in this position with mindfulness, creativity, and kindness, loving you well by loving all whom I encounter here. Say that one more time. With mindfulness, creativity, and kindness, loving you well by loving all whom I encounter here. Jesus, be ever-present as mediator between me and my employer. And in this situation, that's us. We're talking about public servants. Mm -hmm. And I pray to God, if you are a public servant listening to this podcast right now, this is for you. It's for all of us. But take this with you. We pray, Jesus, be ever-present as mediator between me and my employer, between me and my supervisors, my supervisors and coworkers, and in all my dealings with others in this work, reminding me that my treatment of them is the strongest evidence of my affection for you. Mm. Grant me, therefore, the patience to listen to others, the humility to learn from them, the compassion to consider their needs as my own. Woo! I'm praying, not preaching. And the grace to wear well in this place the name of my Lord, remembering that I arrive here each day as an emissary of your kingdom. Let me be an asset to my employer and superiors working for their flourishing without resentment. Let me be a support to my peers contributing, contributing to their advancement without jealousy. Let me be an encouragement to any I train or lead, affirming and equipping them without disdain. May the days of my employment or may the days of my policing here be meaningful. Use this chapter in my life to accomplish your ends, whatever they might be. Mm -hmm. Father God, we also add to this prayer the family, oh God, of Tyree Nichols and this great injustice that is plaguing the family and the community. Would you, by your grace, your peace, and your mercy, swoop in, oh God, and consume that situation yes, for your glory and their good. We, we also pray, Lord, for the Memphis Police Department, oh Lord. Father, would you use even the darkness of this massive fail of justice, this massive failure of justice, would you use it, oh Lord, to bring about reform, bring ab about accountability, bring about peace, that the servants of the public might be agents of that peace and no more, Father God contributors to chaos. Be near, O great giver of life, O great comforter, O great fighter of justice. Father, you said your throne is built on justice. Yes, Lord. And that you hate partiality. 
Lord, bring your character, your way, and your presence to bear on that situation. And may your gospel take root as a result. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. My thought was, I'm going to go to Bible college for two years, then transfer out into... Yeah, like yeah, in USF I got or 60 plus credits right. at 17 years old. I'm not about to go throw these away at Bible college, right? which is what I did. <laughs> I, I showed up with them credits. They were like, none of these transfer over. Yeah. It was like, I think we can use four of these. Wow. You had some religious studies class. We'll use that. You know what I'm wow. saying? Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah.